Hey guys, I'm Sayla Gatitis. And I'm Hannah Alchi. And we want to welcome you to Behind the Veil Podcast. Alright, so before we begin, our guest speaker today is my best friend, Hannah Alchi. Hannah, would you like to pray us in? Of course, I would love that. Okay, here we go. Dear Jesus, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your amazing love. We just thank you that we can come together as believers and just share about all the wonderful things that you have done in our lives and the things you, you are equipping us to do. I just pray that you bless our conversation, God. I just pray that you just, um, just that we would encourage one another and just speak wisdom into one another. And we just thank you that we have that opportunity to do so. We just thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you, Miss Sayla. So, as I mentioned, we have my best friend Hannah Ouchie on with us. Say hi, Hannah. Hey. <laughs> now, Hannah was in the second episode of the podcast. If you guys want to go back and check that out on Anchor or Spotify. Um, and so Hannah is going to be here with us today again because she's amazing. So today we are actually going to be talking about purity. That's a great topic, but I know purity can be kind of a touchy, very sensitive topic that can make a lot of people uncomfortable, just especially in the day and the age that we're in. It's a very wide topic as well. So with that said, this will actually be a series that we're going to do, and Hannah is going to help me with the series, and today is the first episode of the series. And in the months to come, we'll just be unpacking stuff like spiritual purity, emotional purity, mental and physical purity, as well as extending the topic into stuff like the dangers of the dating system, preparing in the waiting, delighting in the Lord, wise coverings, marriage, and what the Bible says about it. So today, we'll just be uh, getting familiar with what purity actually is. So, are you ready, Hannah? I am ready. Yes, ma'am. All right. So, what is purity? So, Hannah, what is purity to you? Oh, okay. I feel like there's a lot of different definitions that could come at it, but I just think the number one thing that comes to my mind is just the concept of cleanliness and um, just that process of um, just remaining cleansed before the Lord, um, not just on like the condition of your soul, but also your outlook on life um, and just specific areas in your life. So that's what I would probably say. Mm, I agree with you. I feel like there are two kinds of purity that come into my mind and I actually wrote them down. So I'll go ahead and read them. The first kind of purity would be the innocent or the clean type. Like think of a white cloth that has never been dirty or contaminated before. So it's perfect. And that would be Jesus. He is the blameless, the spotless, the sinless um, man. And um, the second kind of purity would be the washed kind, that something was dirty, but now it's been washed and it's been cleansed. And um, those of us who have given our lives to Jesus and have come into our new identity in Christ, we were dirty and now we've been made clean by the blood of Jesus. And so um, with that said, Hannah, when was a time that you experienced God's miraculous, amazing, beautiful purity? Ooh, okay. I, ooh, (laughs) you asked such good questions. So I'll like start (laughs) jumping in. I'm like, wait, let me think about this. (laughs) Okay. I would probably say, 
a time that I really experienced God's purity was actually like, I want to say about two years ago. Um, because like, you know, when you're younger, you have that element of like, oh, you accepted Jesus, you're washed clean. But then at the same time, like, I kind of use that as an excuse for me to like, do like, not good things. I was like, oh, I'm saved. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was about two years ago. I was my sophomore year of high school, I want to say. And I like, kind of like that, that freshman year, I remember like, I dealt with like a lot of like, wanting things and like seeking after things that were like it's not that they were not like they weren't bad but they weren't like things that were of a pure mindset per se um or I wasn't looking at it in the right perspective and so I remember going into my sophomore year and I was like I really just want like a a good start like I don't want to have to like I don't want to like I want to be pure I want to be cleansed and so forth and I just remember like just like Jesus like he really cleansed just not just like myself but also like my perspectives I think like a lot of times I would ask for Jesus to cleanse me as a person but I never asked him to like cleanse my perspective or my outlook on just like the concept of purity or the concept of how like I should go about my life with him um and so that year I just was kind of like Jesus like help me kind of like cleanse my perspective and my outlook as well um and that really just like it changed just a lot of my relationships even the way that like I viewed myself or things I viewed that I wanted, um, they just look so different because of the way that he helped shape my perspective. So that is a time I would say. Ooh, that's good, Hannah. Wow. I love that you said that God just completely transformed your perspective. That's amazing. I love that. So when was the first, the first time that you really dedicated your life to God's purity? Ooh. I feel like, honestly, it was probably, okay, I guess the first time I felt like it, re- it really hit me that I wanted that was, like, my, um when I turned 13, my parents threw, uh, like, what's it called, a bar, bat mitzvah, it's one of the two, but it's, like, the Jewish celebration about when a girl turns 13, that, like, she is, like, given a promise ring, and she's, like, it's like a symbolism of, like, being pure, and I feel like that was the first time where I was, like, okay, I really want to I want to keep that promise and I want to be pure, Um, not just like for my husband in the future, but um, for like what the Lord has in store for me. Um, But then again, I feel like it was around like two years ago where like I really like truly dedicated myself and it wasn't just like a sentiment, but it was actually something that like I try to make more apparent in my own life. Mm -hmm. That's good, Hannah. Thank you. It's really good. Um, It's in Corinthians 5.17, and I'm going to read from the Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh. And, and with that said, security is offered to anyone. So, like, no matter what your past has been, no matter what mistakes you've made, the enemy wants to discourage you from the truth. Ain't that right? Oh, amen. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, Satan wants you to feel hopeless and worthless. He wants you to give up, and he will do that by using condemnation and shame and guilt. But God can do miraculous things through the life of one who is truly repentant, and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And there's a difference between God's conviction and um, the enemy's condemnation. There is a complete difference between conviction and condemnation. 
So um, just saying all that, um, I just want to remind whoever is listening that God is still calling you to purity, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing right now, no matter um, what your past looks like. He has a bright, beautiful future ahead of you, and you just have to walk in it and trust his grace. So Hannah, when has there been a time that the enemy has tried to discourage you and remind you of your past or heap shame on you, but you had to remind yourself of God's truth? Ooh, this is another really good question. Wow. Okay. It's so funny. Okay. So I've, this is interesting. I've like never really thought about this occasion that this often, but I'm like, this is funny that like you mentioned that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stop bunny trailing and get to the point. Okay. <laughs> so about, it was my eighth grade year, um, like literally right after my purity or blessing party happened. And, you know, I got the ring and all that. Um, there was this like kid at school, I guess, who liked me or whatever. And um, he said a very, or not very, but it was a pretty inappropriate thing about me. Um, and I found out and I felt absolutely crushed. I felt like a piece of garbage, if I'm being honest. Like I felt like I felt so bad about myself and I felt like literally useless. And I remember um, it was like I found out and it was like in front of like a, a, a good amount of people. And so like, you know, I couldn't like start crying or start, you know, expressing emotion um, in front of all of them. And so I got in the car and I was like really distraught about it. And my mom could tell something was wrong because I can, I could try, I can try to act in front of people. But when it comes to my like close family and close friends, they just know when I'm not myself. Um, And so uh, my mom was like, what happened? And so I told her what happened. And she was like, I want you right now to close your eyes and start praying and tell me what God thinks of you. And so I like literally started sobbing because what God was telling me was stuff that is of such value and what was like of such truth. Like I am his, I am his daughter. I am, I am uh, cherished. Um, and I like started declaring that and I started crying because I realized that what I was allowing myself to focus on was such lies and that his truth far surpasses anything. And all that matters is that I believe in his truth and not in the lies that were trying to, to submerge me in that moment. And so, of course, I, there's a lot of crying, a lot of praying. I end up forgiving that person. And let, let me just tell you, that was a moment of like, I, it was really like, cr- like, a, like I was really swarmed in those lies. But once I like spoke the truth of what God saw within me over myself, it really like, it was just such a, a freeing moment. So that is the time I would say. Mm, I love that, Hannah. I'm so glad that that you have such an amazing mom and family that can always encourage you towards the Lord's truth. That is such a valuable thing. Literally so blessed. I don't know what I would be without them. (laughs) (laughs) So Hannah, why should we seek purity? That's a good question. Okay. So I think, the number one most important is because I think purity is how do I describe this? How do I phrase this? Purity is such important and um, just a Christian's walk with the Lord because it, it truly is what keeps us from um, not, you know, living in a life of our old ways um, and of sin. Um, and 
when we remain pure, I think it's just, it's a reminder for us, especially that we are God's and that we are his gift and that we, we fully surrender our life over to him. So why would we mess with the things that don't belong to us anymore or not a part of us anymore? So that's what I would say. Amen. That's really good. That, yeah, like that was a great answer. It actually reminds me of First Thessalonians 4, which is a very good passage. Um, it says, God's will is for you to be set apart for him in holiness and that you keep yourselves unpolluted from sexual defilement. Yes, each of you must guard your sexual purity with holiness and dignity, not yielding to lustful passions like those who don't know God. For God's call on our lives is not to live a life of compromise and perversion, but to a life surrounded in holiness. Therefore, whoever rejects this instruction isn't rejecting human authority, but God himself, who gives us his precious gift, his spirit of holiness. And I love that it said don't yield to lustful passions. And lustful passions doesn't even have to mean just physical because purity isn't one dimensional. It's not just a physical thing. It's also mental, emotional, and spiritual. It's complex. And seeking purity, like you said, Hannah, it's where we choose God's best for our lives and choose to be set apart because we don't live for the world's kingdom now. We live for higher purposes because we are now in Christ Jesus. And we can give our heart so easily away to worldly things, you know, and in so many different ways too. And so with that said, um, Hannah, do you have like any examples of how we can do that, of how we can give our heart um, away to worldly things? Oh, okay. Um, I think there are a lot of ways that can be interpreted with this. I think a common way today that isn't talked about so much is like media. Um, and it is literally so easy to get so easily filthy through like watching a movie that you know is mm -hmm. not does not have good morals in it. But something like but being like, you know, oh, it's not me. So like, I'm fine. I'm not doing it. I'm just watching. Like, I'm, I would never do that. Like, that is like the easiest way to quickly do something. Um, and then even like with music, like so many times, like it's the music is beautifully orchestrated. But if you look at the lyrics, it's like, oh, wow, do I actually believe this? Like, yeah. why? Like, we don't know the meaning behind something. Or even like sometimes like with books and literature, you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just so funny. I think, I don't know who said this, but it's like the enemy loves to get in at ways that seem so harmless, but like they actually have so much filth attached to it. And so I think that's definitely an area where like we have to be careful that like we don't like allow our hearts to get like um, not resistant towards um, and being like gatekeepers of that. And then of course, I think um, too with like relationships and with people, you have to be so very careful um, you know, like if relationships with like, you know, romantically or even with friendships, sometimes you have to be very mm -hmm. careful about like, who are the people you are allowing to, to speak into you? And are they, um, are they encouraging you to continue to walk in purity or are they, um, like corrupting your worldview on what purity looks like? Amen. Hannah, you have a lot of good examples. That was really good. You know, it's so easy to forget and tolerate and think how insignificant like movies and books and music and social media and entertainment and even relationships can be. 
But, you know, in reality, those things can open up doors for the enemy to get a stronghold in our lives if we're not careful. And they can lead down paths that aren't healthy for us. And we want to choose, we should want to choose a life of health and purity with God. And um, there's actually a really good Bible verse that goes with the question, why should we seek purity? It's Titus 2.14. It says, He sacrificed himself for us that he might purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people who are his very own, passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. And so we should seek the will of God, which is for us to be set apart for his purposes and pleasure. And that is the path of wisdom. And there's actually also another Bible verse that I would like you to read hannah it's from psalms 51 if you would like to go ahead and pull that up okay purify my conscience make this leper clean again wash me in your love until i am pure in heart keep creating in me a clean heart fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you let my passion for life be restored tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me Hold me close to you with the willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. Then I can show other guilty ones how loving and merciful you are. They will find their way back home to you, knowing that you will forgive them. That's good. That's good. So good. (laughs) Yes, I love that it said that once we've experienced God's redeeming, purifying love, we can begin to show other guilty ones the path of purity and righteousness and point them to Jesus. Um, that is just so, so beautiful. I love that. Um, so, Hannah, um, how can we stay pure? And what does a pure life look like? Ooh, okay. Um, I think kind of going back to what we said earlier, staying pure is like being a gatekeeper of your heart and um, – and watching out and being careful, um, just even like being careful with like what we talked about, like those examples, like making sure that like you aren't allowing stuff to slowly but surely creep in. Um, and I just think always it's always important to like reassess like aspects of your life with the Lord and be like, okay, where am I in this? And like, where can I get better on? Because um, I think if someone is self-aware with God, that is so amazing because not a lot of people are self-aware, nonetheless, with Jesus. So, um, and then I think a pure life, it just, it looks like something that is glorifying God. Um, And granted, we do make mistakes as human beings. We aren't perfect. However, um, a pure life is a life that glorifies God, and it does represent the kingdom in the sense of it is a life that doesn't want to accept the filth of the world, but is truly striving to to be cleansed in Christ, um, which is so important. Girl, I so agree. Like you said, we need to really work with the Holy Spirit to live as a child of God, as someone who has been changed and is still changing, you know? You know, we aren't automatically perfect. We're made clean, but we're being made perfect every day. So it's a process. It's a journey of trusting the Lord, relying on his strength, resting in his grace. And Psalm 119.9 actually answers the question, Um, how can we stay pure? What does a pure life look like? Um, it says, how can a young man stay pure? Only by living in the word of God and walking in its truth. 
So we stay pure by making a daily habit of reading and living in God's word. It is not just studying um, the Bible, but living it out and putting it into action and into practice. It's going from head to your heart. Um, if we want to know what a pure life looks like, it looks like living according to the Bible. Um, that's being fruitful. Jesus said others will know us by our love. It's also living a life of prayer, um, praying without ceasing, being thankful, trusting the Lord, being joyful. It's seeking Jesus above everything else that's going on, and it's focusing our eyes on him and putting our trust in him. That is definitely so important. Amen. So, Hannah, what are some short-term thrills that we often forfeit for God's best? And where do you think we need God's help for purity? That is a good question. Wow, that is very packed. <laughs> My English teacher always says the word robust. So many times that's so robust. Anyways, um, I think, oh, I think I can't really, like, I mean, I get, again, like with, the other question, like the examples that we both listed, I think are some good examples, but I think some short-term thrills that are like, that can be forfeited for God's best is just like, if let's say like you're having, you're having a conversation with somebody and the topic that is being talked about is not that great. Or like, it's not, you know, like if you were partaking in anything that isn't glorifying God, that is something that is short term, but like in the long run, it glorifies God so much. And those can be like thrills like, oh, I want to be in this conversation so people don't think I am ridiculous. But if, if you like, if you choose not to partake in that because you know it wouldn't glorify God, that is like at the end of the day, glorifying God, um, which I think is so good. And I think even like relationships with people, if you know that, relationship you are in is not glorifying God but is actually bringing a lot more of destruction and stuff like it's like you know still praying for that person and um and you know praying that God will touch their hearts but like at the end of the day kind of distinct distancing yourself a little bit um and so I think those are some areas where like that's really important um and then I think where do we need God's help for purity I genuinely would say every aspect of our life because uh I mean, if we don't have the Lord's help, it's just so easy to naturally fall back into that, those old man ways where you want to do what like you just naturally are like have already done. Um, and I mean, I know for myself, there's been some days where like I thought something and I'm like, wait, where did that come from? That's not, that's not, a, <laughs> that's not a good thought. Um, and so I think in every aspect of your life, it's just so important to always have God's help for purity and just making sure that like, what you're thinking of is not of your old ways that you left behind at the cross, but that they're new ways um, that you are learning every single day with the Lord. So, Also, as we're seeking God's purity for every area of our lives, I think it's very important to remember to have grace with ourselves along the way. Because I know for me, there have been so many times where I messed up or failed and I beat myself up over it. But I was trying to strive for perfection instead of relying on the grace of God. And, you know, in Corinthians, Paul says that God's strength and power is perfected through our weaknesses. So when we feel weak or on the verge of temptation or when we do mess up, let's rely on the grace of God and remind ourselves of his truth. And let's rely on God's strength so that he can be magnified through us. 
Yeah, definitely. So why are the decisions we make now important? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, The decisions we make now, they lead up to something. Even if we think decisions are nonsense. I mean, I've even thought about this recently. Like, this this sounds wacky, but even if you think about, like, what if we chose to eat blank for breakfast instead of this what what would life look different if we made a different decision like every decision really does matter um and so the decisions that we make now will lead up to the long run the outcome um and that's why it's so important that even in the small matters that we stay pure and that we make sure we know who we are in Christ and that we follow that because it leads to a bigger outcome it leads to a bigger road um and a bigger uh like travel that we are going to those small decisions really lead to what road we're choosing to go for and if it's for god or if it's not for him yes and also like think about it like if you make the decision to have sex before marriage you know the consequences of that would be that you have the responsibility of a child now um or that you have to live with the fact that you lost your virginity and didn't uh wait for your future spouse Like, I know that I don't want to be on my wedding day and be like, you know, sorry, I couldn't wait for you, future husband. Uh, I didn't have the patience or self-control. Like, I want to be able to uh, say that I did whatever I could um, to wait for you and rely on God and his strength. Um, And of course, if any of you guys who are listening have made any of those kind of mistakes, there is grace and forgiveness, of course, and God still offers purity to you. But that's just like an example of where decisions can lead. The decisions that we make every day, like you said, Hannah, are very important and determine the course of our life. And like it says in Proverbs, um, are we going to follow the path of Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly? Will we choose God's life and his wisdom or choose to define life for ourselves and choose our own wisdom? And so, I mean, like, look at Adam and Eve, you know, like where that led to and look where we all are now, you know. Um, But yeah, like the decisions we make now can be life altering. They can and, you know, they will affect our hearts and our minds as well as those around us you know our our spouses our children our children's children and so on um a good question that i would like to raise is are we breaking generational curses or are we making them so committing our lives to being set apart for god can definitely change the entire course of our life and affect generations as can not following god and choosing not to obey him And there's actually a really good quote from a book that is actually um, kind of like the helper to this uh, topic that we're talking about. It's called Before You Meet Prince Charming, and it's by Sarah Malley. And the quote is this, We need to internally commit before the Lord. Only those who have formed their own personal convictions will have the strength required to remain pure and discernment needed to escape temptation so we need to form internal commitments and convictions before the lord to stay on the path of purity to stay the course of jesus so um with that said that begs the question um are we truly willing to make the required sacrifices right now to receive god's best for our life ask yourself that are you willing to make the required sacrifices. 
um, are we willing to pay the price to seek purity? Um, and there's actually a Bible verse where God talks about that. Jesus said in Luke 14, 28, don't follow me without considering what it will cost you for who would construct a house before first sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it. So we need to take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow Jesus. And that means sacrificing. Um, that means dying to ourselves and dying is hard. It's, it hurts. It's painful. There are tears involved. Or we can continue on down the wide path to destruction. Even though it, there are short-term thrills and pleasures, it does lead to death. Um, so with that said, Hannah, there is actually a little paragraph under the quote I just read if you would actually like to read that. Okay. Commit yourself to wanting God's best in your life. Refuse to lower your standard or settle for average. Our Father has only the best in store and we must not settle for anything less. Let's not miss out on our God's out on God's best. We need to do our part by preparing ourselves right now. This starts today. Revelation 17 verse 7 in the New Living Translation translation says, "Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and his bride has prepared herself." Mm. So, Hannah, what do you personally think about that Bible verse? You know, um, in a wedding, the bride wears white, which is symbolic of purity. So how does this Bible verse um, make you feel that in this passage, the bride of Christ has actually put in the work and the focus to stay the course? I think that is like so beautiful because I think when some when something's just given to somebody, that's always very cool. And that's always such a beautiful thing. But when someone is prepared for something and like they get what they've prepared for. It is such a beautiful experience. And I think as Christians, when we, when we remain pure and we continue to choose to walk in that lifestyle and to prepare that way, what we get in return is so beautiful and something that will last eternal um, because, you know, short-term pleasures or short-term thrills, they could seem so amazing in the moment, but at the end of the day, they lead to nothing. Um, they are, unfortunately they lead to suffering. Um, but when you just prepare yourself, um, and the Lord and you prepare yourself in purity and in his word, it leads to something so beautiful. So like when you read that verse, you just can't help, but like feel free and feel excited for the bride that has prepared herself for the lamb. That's so good, Hannah. Um, before we close out, are there any final thoughts, verses, or encouragement that you want to give to someone who's listening right now? Ooh. Okay, I got something. Okay. Um, well, one, if anybody is right now kind of struggling in a moment where they want to be pure, but they just feel like they cannot get a break, that is the enemy will attack you and will try to do everything he can to stop you from walking in a pure lifestyle. Because once you walk in that, that is such a threat to him. So don't see um, distractions or whatever's trying to throw your way as a sign of defeat, but see it as a sign of, of strength that you are, you are becoming strong for the enemy's just trying to attack you. So just keep on going and um, just keep striving after the Lord, because he sees, um, just your countless, you know, um, striving and, and seeking, and he will honor that. So that's what I would probably say. Um, and I know personally, 
uh, this past year. Sayla knows this. Uh, I've had a lot of opportunity, not opportunity. Well, I've had a lot of moments this year where like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of moments where uh, a lot. People, have, <laughs> people have wanted to present an opportunity of some sort um, where I could easily go off and you know, follow whatever. Um, and granted, I've never really felt tempted to them. However, I have felt bad, but never like if opportunities get presented, never get peer pressured into them or anything, but remember who you are in Christ and what your, your journey is. Um, and that will keep you going. So, yeah. That's a really good word for someone today. That's a good word for me. Like- <laughs> This whole conversation has been a good word for me today, so thank you. Mm. Yeah, I definitely do feel, though, that this is truly a word for someone today. Um, Like you said, Hannah, there will always be moments where temptation or pressure will come. But um, I want to say to you listening right now, just to make this personal, um, don't give in. Don't give up. Um, Just keep running the race that God has placed before you and remember that his grace is enough for you always. He will always sustain you. So just keep your eyes on the Lord. He's right there with you, holding your hand, ready to pick you right back up when you fall. He is holding you and he is with you. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Amen. So I will read these final two Bible verses and then Hannah, you want to close this out? Of course. Okay, so the first Bible verse that I'll read is from Isaiah 43, 19. It says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I truly believe that over the course of this, uh, these next few months, just with us doing this uh, purity series, I truly believe that God is going to be doing something new and amazing and the lives of whoever is listening to this. So be encouraged. And then Lamentations 3.23 says, Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much. We just thank you for this time. We thank you that as believers we can encourage and inspire one another. I just pray um, for Sayla and I and everyone who is listening right now or will be listening, Father, that um, you just help them in their walk of purity, Father. I just pray for anyone who is feeling attacked at the moment, or even people who are feeling like they are up on the mountaintops, that you will just help them in their everyday walk with purity, and that they would not let the attacks or the traps of the enemy get them down in defeat, but that they will get back up and they will continue to strive and seek your face, Father. And I just pray that every single day we would prepare ourselves um, for the Lamb of God, the beautiful bridegroom that is in store for us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Well, that wraps up today's episode. We have more things to talk about next time. And remember, we will be posting a new episode the last Wednesday or the last week of every month. And tune in next time for part two of our conversation on purity. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram as Miss Sayla Shalom or Hannah on Instagram as Hannah Auchi. That's A-U-C-I. And if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe. And we'll see you next time as we explore together Behind the Veil.